0: in the games until <laughs> Welcome to the Low Life Podcast. Um, your host uh, CoinOps McGillicuddy, Scum, and Shadowlink are not joining me for this one. This is more of a one-on-one conversation because I don't know anything about economics or trading stock or how to count even. And um, this GameStop thing just happened, and there's a whole bunch of. Hoo-ha and short selling and all of that shit that I just can't get my brain around. So what do you do? You know? You seek out an expert. Unfortunately, I've got a I got a I got a guy. I got a guy. His name is Clank. Say hi, Clank. Hi, Clank. Perfect. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh Clank, uh I don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um make up any details you feel you uh, would like to.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I'm not really a finance guy. I'm not one of these day traders, but I do deal with, with numbers and like tax kind of related stuff. So, you know, I'm around numbers. I've, I feel pretty comfortable with them. Um, and I do some investing. I'm not, one, you know, like I said, I'm not a day trader, but, uh, you know, got retirement accounts and not a whole lot of stocks, but a little bit of that is in individual stocks. So I pay attention to this stuff. Okay. Uh, And, you know, as you can imagine when all this shit hit the fan, what a week or two ago, I've just been glued to the internet for like any little scraps of news as they come, come out. It's, it's really just fascinating.
0: So, so like from, from what I, barely understand what had happened was a hedge fund was kind of betting against GameStop, which in spite of, you know, the, the, the plague, you know, people are staying home and playing more video games. It's the industry has been moving away from physical media. Like people still like to buy games that have a, you know, container and, and have that on the shelf and whatnot, but increasingly more, you know, as that's become kind of like inconvenient and also fucking deadly. Um, people are just downloading stuff and these, these like GameStop stores have just been feeling more and more like a leftover vestige, like, uh, you know, just a, just a, like a phantom limb kind of thing going on here. And, um, so these, these hedge fund guys were like betting against them. Like, the,
1: yeah, I mean, it all comes down to short selling and the, you know, I, the concept of, of short selling is pretty simple. Um, I feel like I 99% understand it. And I'm And I'm still kind of, you know, looking for that last little tidbit that's going to get me to the finish line. But I'll explain what I mean by that. Um, First, you know, the concept of short selling, you boil it down. It's basically you borrow a share of stock from somebody, you sell it to someone else, you hope it goes down in price so that you can buy it back from them at that lower price. And then you give it back to the person you borrowed from. That's the concept of it. And this is really common, you know, it's not this weird thing. I mean, most people don't know about it just because I think most people aren't, you know, savvy investors and follow this news because it's kind of boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you know, there was that movie about that uh, came out some years ago with that Adam McKay movie, The Big Short.
1: Big Short. Yeah. Good movie uh, that, you know, the housing market that was, there's all these, they, these, you know, these finance guys come up with, you know, you know what, what is it? Internet rule. 40 is it 41 or 42 um, yeah. if it exists there's porn of it well i think it's like idea
0: 34. yeah
1: <laughs> okay there you go the same idea applies to finance if you you know whatever you can dream up to bet on there's some hedge fund that's probably doing it gotcha um, so i don't think it's so unusual you know that these these well shitty billionaires were we're betting against GameStop because let's face it, it is a dying business model. You know, I mean, how's, you know, see also blockbuster video.
0: Sure. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, which by the way, I just saw the documentary on the last blockbuster and that's fantastic. I'm gonna um, have to check check that out. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, but anyway, yeah. So, you know, it's a thing that's happening and the, the 1% of information I don't understand is how do I do it? <laughs> like I understand, right. I understand how it happens. I understand the concept. Yeah, I want to know how I can do it, and I'm not sure I can. Uh, I think probably just because I'm, like I said, I'm not really a stock investor, so I don't have an Ameritrade account, or I didn't even, I'd never even heard of Robinhood before all this. Um, yeah. So I think if you have one of those accounts and you have a margin account, now see, I prepared for, I actually prepared for this interview, CoinOps. I, um I talked to a friend of mine who. Used to work for Chicago Board of Trade, and so okay. this is his wheelhouse. He knows this stuff, right. and he used to deal with futures. And then futures, which is you know, it's not stocks; it's stuff like corn or wheat or rubber. I don't know. Uh, and you know, you buy options for you know, you're a company that uses corn to manufacture your product, and you you want to buy you want to buy the the right to purchase corn nine months from now at a given price. Well, you're gonna you know you're gonna hope it goes up, so you got a good deal. Right. This thing is normal, apparently, in the futures world, because you have to actually have both sides of that coin for the economy to be kind of, not the economy as in like the American economy, but the economy of like this little microcosm to actually work. right. Uh, so I think it's similar with these stocks. I think these hedge funds, you know, they have billions and billions of dollars, right? So they own, they, they own all kinds of stocks, I guess. And I think some of them happen to be.
0: GameStop, I guess, or options on GameStop stock or something. Well, what's the difference? Like what owning stock or owning an option? Like what is the option difference?
1: The option is um, the right to purchase a stock at a certain price. Okay. It's weird. It's like. So it's like conditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you have an option and I've never owned an option. So I, again, not, not really an expert on, on that aspect of it here, but. Um, if you have an option it's 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 basically the the like a coupon I guess you could say maybe that's okay. a good a good way to, to right. gifts a gift certificate maybe
0: so you don't own the stock yet but like when you call it has to be delivered
1: exactly and you you get whatever price the option is set at
0: okay okay okay
1: but yeah you know these hedge funds were shorting gamestop you know they're they were they basically were, I guess, borrowing these shares, or it was on margin or something like that, like, which means, like, you have collateral. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, they were shorting these stocks, and these Redditors got wind of it, and uh, were like, well, we'll we'll show them.
0: (laughs) It seems uh, like some money bullshit, like... the guy was looking at stats and whatnot, you know, he was, he was noticing like what is the most shorted stock right now, which isn't necessarily the cheapest stock, but it was just the one that had like the most distance between like it's worth and what it was doing or what.
1: Right. Right. And so what they did was what they call a squeeze. So, so let's say you're this billionaire hedge fund and you're shorting these stocks, right? Let's say you borrowed the stock and you are short selling it at, um, you know, $15 a share, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you're hoping that, um, over time, it's going to go down to say $5 a share and you can buy it back from those saps you shorted it to right. and, um, <clears throat> and return it. And then and you've made $10 a share.
0: This, this, right, <laughs> ooh, this put a question into my head. Who the hell wants to be the sap? Like it's I think it's it another matter-
1: question I have. I think it's just the open market. Let's say I let's say I went went out and uh decided I wanted to buy a share of GameStop stock. Okay. I might be buying it from one of these places like it did, I don't know if these things just go out into the market or or what, but I think it's I don't I don't think I don't think like I don't think Melvin calls it, like you know would it call it would like I don't like all right, uh rephrase that. I don't think a purchaser of stock knows if it's from someone shorting it because there's really no difference, right? right. It's, yeah. it's a share of stock. It's going right. to go up. It's going to go down. Yeah. So the SAP in my example, um, you know, would have the same experience, whether it was a, a shorted share or, or just a regular issue from the, the company.
0: Okay. Wow. i it sounds like sleight of hand.
1: Well, it is, and this is this is the fun part. You know, this. Let's get back to this billionaire hedge fund. They've shorted these shares right at fifteen bucks a pop, and they're hoping it goes down to say five. Right. Well, if enough people buy this stock, the value is going to go up and up and up and up. And that's exactly what. So, so you, remember, the people shorting the stock have done this on margin. You know, they've borrowed it. They don't own the stock. they've borrowed it. Right. And so at some point they've got to buy it back and return it. And if and if they if the if the value of it goes up so high that they won't have enough money to buy it back,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they got a problem. And that's exactly yeah, okay. what happened. That's the squeeze.
0: Did they take them out and like whip them in the streets or anything or like? (laughs) like, That would be entertaining, wouldn't it? Is there a pay-per-view event perhaps that they could, you know, raise money? I like the the way
1: you think. (laughs) I just
0: heard that like these guys owed something like in the hundreds of billions and then just were like whacked for, or hundreds of millions rather. Did I say that? I don't know. Um, And and they're, they're getting whacked in like the tune of some billions. Like, yeah,
1: I think Melvin was the big one. And I, I at one point I heard they were out like 13 billion. Oh, B.
0: That's phenomenal. And also there were more, they, uh, they were trading more stocks than were actually available. I think they were like, they said something about there being 140% of like, like that's not a, it, it, do you, is this not mathematics? Like, <laughs> well, it's all, you know, it's funny. You know, people
1: are complaining that, or people are complaining that, you know, Um, this is all, um, phony and it's all, it's all, you know, BS. It's, uh, but you know, our whole economy is monopoly money.
0: Yeah, no, for real. The
1: dollar bill in your pocket hasn't been backed up by something real like gold for over a century, I think.
0: I was going to say, yeah. Um,
1: you know, that's, that's kind of the whole point of the the treasury and the fed and all that stuff. You know, the, the dollar is only worth something because we say it is.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's the same with, you know, these stocks. I mean, it's at all, you you own a percentage of a company. What's that worth? It's assets minus well, the liabilities. That's the, what, that's the accounting that approach. Mean?
0: That's my thing is like, what does that even mean though? Like you own stock in the company. Does that mean if you wanted to, you could take like percent of the building with you and all of the instruments you know contained therein I mean it it just it's such an absurd abstract concept to me that I've like never ever I I, I don't know in theory
1: yes but the way it would actually work is you get a vote uh, at a shareholders meeting and you would vote for a board of directors that controls the company's uh, well that that uh, that appoints CEOs and other executives that control the company's assets
0: this sounds like the greatest grift ever.
1: I mean, it is and it isn't, you know, it's like, it's, it's the best system we have, you know?
0: (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine a better one in a lot of ways though. You know, one, one that's like a little bit more grounded in things that actually exist in the world.
1: It definitely makes the old barter system look attractive.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we have actually like the technology and logistics to kind of make that happen. You know, just wh- where are things needed? We can put them there. Like we've figured a lot of this out. We just haven't done it to scale because it doesn't benefit, you know, quarterly increase in profits for shareholders. I feel like a like a lot of our, you know, progress has been kind of stymied by this idea that like a company can kind of do whatever it fucking wants. And, uh, you know, if some something untoward happens at the top, they just shuffle them out and put another person in. You know, and it just it, it doesn't seem as efficient as, as uh it, it might look. You know, when you see these guys in the suit in the whole nine yards, uh, it, it just.
1: Yeah, accountability is definitely in the toilet. I think you know yeah. by the time repercussions to you know a lot of executive decisions happen,
0: uh, the people are long gone. Oh, yeah, and the golden parachutes and everything else that, you know, they get for free on the way out. Like, none of these people are, like, kicked to an actual alley and made to live in a cardboard box.
1: Yes, that's uh, very
0: rare. And so many of them fail upwards. I mean, shit, George W. Bush bankrupted a fucking baseball team before he was president. Not to mention that the last guy bankrupted a casino. Like, how can you fuck Uh, up Right? Why? How? (laughs) Like. (laughs) apparently the house doesn't always win (laughs) yeah good god how do you i just want to figure out how to fail upwards like that i mean geez do it just start with a car crash maybe i don't know how do what's the path it's just baffling to me so okay so all all this stuff has happened and uh, melvin's in flames basically and everyone's kind of like you know shitting into bags in the office because they can't even leave the room and uh (laughs) You know, how is this going to, like, what's going to happen here? Like, what are we looking at? How does this no, change? The
1: last I checked, it, was, it the price of the stock had come way back, back way, way down, you know, like, let me, I can Google this right now. It's, um, is it okay to say when we're talking? Yeah, sure. It yeah. is 3.35 p.m. on February 3rd and Google Games, $94.10. Still though. Yeah, I mean, that's still way up from your, where it was originally. Yeah, yeah. But it's down. It's sure a hell of a lot lower than the 300, 400 it was at the peak. Yeah, what was that, last Friday or something? Yeah, like a week ago.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm watching this and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like clapping like one of those like wind up monkey dolls with the cymbals. I don't know what the fuck I'm looking at. I just know that there's just some shit going down. You know what I mean? Like, th- this is. It's like watching a naval battle from like an island. It's like, (laughs) that's bad. I hope it doesn't come over here. But like, (laughs) is the problem like, it seems like the problem is that because these were like, you know, investors on our level, you know, just kind of average, they, they're trying to portray it as though these are just kind of like average. And a lot of them are like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that were using this app are definitely just kind of like pocket change kind of traders. But, this wasn't exactly headed up by that necessarily wasn't aren't, aren't some of the people that were like involved in this like they're traders anyway they're kind of like
1: yeah I mean it's it's first of all there there's mil, I don't know how many million but well over a million people on that reddit group and the mm-hmm. one that's getting the credit for kind of being the, the leader of the the mob or whatever you want to call it I think I heard that person had he put $53,000
0: mm-hmm.
1: in and had made you know, millions. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have 53 grand to just right. blow on a gamble like that. Um, so, you know, is that an, an average everyday, uh, an average investor? Uh, I don't think so.
0: Cause I, I know it's easy to hate on a hedge uh, fund and it is, it's real easy. Like I could really up, easy. straight up be hating on a hedge fund, but um, don't need a lot of, lot of winding up for that. But is there really anybody to fucking root for here? Like I'm, if I have to, like, I know people personally that have like, they were kind of caught up in this a bit because they had some shares of it and whatnot. They, they, they may or may not have made out, you know, I feel for them. Um, but like the the tip of the spear on either side here, that doesn't really feel like there's any heroes. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think like you're a- right. Yeah. It's just a weird
1: situation. Um, it's really good. It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. You know, if if anything changes at all, really yeah
0: yeah yeah geez i mean they definitely shut like robin hood the fuck down not completely but they were starting to you could see when they were pumping the brakes on it there were people posting screenshots all over facebook and everything oh about, it's so
1: fu- it's so funny you know And now that i've been googling this stock for the for the last week or two i'm getting social media ads for robin hood and all the comments are just brutal and i oh, love it yeah. it's, it's so funny
0: what? What? Like what? Like what are people saying in general?
1: It'll just be a, an ad for Robinhood. You know, try our app. It may, we make trading easy, or whatever they say. I don't know what they say. And all the comments are just like, you know, just, just elaborate versions of "you suck."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God! Well, you know, that, that's kind of what I've been thinking about with all of this stuff. Um, you know, because we have a, we have a lot of listeners. Some of them are writers. Um, just talking about kind of future economies in general, like what's the way business is going to be done. And, you know, there was a time when it was phone calls, like you would have to dial a phone to call a broker to do a trade for you. And that could take like hours, days. And then, you know, suddenly the internet happens all over our face and people are moving their brokerages closer to the actual like Wall Street because of, Pico second differences and pings. You exactly. Know I mean? Like it's, it, I think like Neil Stevenson even kind of wrote about that shit. And now we have a situation where we have a populace that's like mostly kind of staying home and they ain't got shit else to do. And, oh, you know, hey, guys, like I'm going to get into this a little bit. um, And then it's all happening virtually. Like no one had to physically go anywhere to fuck this fucking hedge fund up. You know, it was just. Right kind of like a mass, I don't want to say delusion because it all seems kind of weirdly deluded. Like speculating on the future is just a fool's game to me. You know, like uh, you can make a plan and then like the the process of that plan is, is just all the ways uh, and, and things that you didn't plan for. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, this- I mean, it really goes to show, you know, the classic investing advice really is true. You know, it's be in for the long haul. You have a diversified portfolio. You know, don't have all your eggs in one basket.
0: Yeah, yeah. My God. I mean, they've been saying that since I was a kid.
1: Yeah, but you're right about the picosecond thing. I mean, it's computers analyzing like like if you if you see if you as a human being see a the first news article pop up, like in real time when the news article pops up about some event that you know will affect a stock, yeah, you are too late because there are computers just trolling the internet constantly for these stories. They have AI that like recognizes the the keywords that indicate something, you know, it affects a company positively or negatively and they make the trade in less than a second. So then, like by the time you've read the article, you've missed the boat. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh, that, that was the other thing. I didn't feel any FOMO with this because I knew the second it, this became a story. I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not even getting anywhere close to this shit.
1: Oh, you know, oh, well, you know, I'll say this, uh, when it all started, I, Mm -hmm. I, I first started looking at it and it had gone up to about 80 or $90 a share. And I thought to myself, oh, I, I, kind of want to get in on this, but I'm probably too late.
0: (laughs) And then what happens? It
1: goes up to 300, 400. So, you know,
0: you never know. Yeah, no, I feel that kind of whiplash, um, I feel that way about a lot of things. Like when, whenever you see like a news article or something like that, there's a release date for something limited if the, by the time you've seen that notice it's gone, mm-hmm. you know, certain things are just gone. And this was another one. This is another, it was kind of like a, I don't want to call it like a get rich quick scheme. And I don't want to call it a lesson. I just kind of, I don't really know exactly what it was other than the fact that it kind of destroyed a couple hedge funds and that's, that's fine. That's okay. Because like, you know I know what
1: I mean. They're, they'll. It's just like we we're saying. People fail upwards. They'll bounce back. And mm-hmm. you know, can you name me a single person that works for that hedge fund?
0: No, I can't. I could can barely remember the name of the hedge fund. Me? I don't, yeah. I couldn't name ten of them. But as you know, this exposure has kind of brought a lot of these things to light. The only thing that's saving them is how fucking relentlessly boring it is. I mean. It, <laughs> You know, and it's like with law, like, I, you know, when I, I had to look up some stuff uh, like U.S. Code, basically, for, for the, the last episode, talking about what people were complaining about. And what I noticed was that it's worded in such a way to be like so specific, but also neutral as possible. You know, and that causes bad writing because <laughs> there's no gist. It's all just. You should just have a list. You should have a fucking spreadsheet for law. Like, uh, if these things are contained, it bad. And that's it, you know? Yeah. But no, it's got to be two paragraphs. Each paragraph is 45 words long and it's very, very awkward to read out loud with your mouth because people don't actually fucking talk like that. It's, so it's not actually dialogue. You know, it's it's text. It's information in a way. And um, But it, I think that's why a lot of people don't get engaged with it because it is super, super boring uh, unless you're going to be trying to get a freedom of information act on a specific thing and then have the time, you know, to just like wait on them to process that request. You know, there's, it's, it's hard, you know, it's, it's just, I don't know. Like, you know, we, we got a buddy that, that does patents and that's awesome. Patents have given us some like really interesting and awesome things. You know, like we, we, we can look into that and find kind of like the history of, uh, well, you know, not, not necessarily even, like the progress of mechanical stuff, you know, like machinery. But then there's also like those weird oddball patents that exist for things that can't possibly exist yet.
1: Well, you know, what's that, what's, this is totally random. Um, but years ago I worked for Outback Steakhouse and, you know, they actually patented that machine that makes the Bloomin' Onion.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> makes sense. No, nah, it makes sense, you know. It's, what what is this thing like an industrial kind of like press basically? I mean, it's a machine they invented that makes that
1: you know I don't know cuts it that in that way and deep fries it or something. That's but yeah. They really invent. They literally invented that.
0: <laughs> that's that's a hell of a hook, you know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good God, man. Uh, so I, yeah. What else do you think? Is there anything else? I mean.
1: I'm really curious to see what happens with all these other shorted stocks that people are talking about now. you got AMC, you've got BlackBerry, you've got, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, Ligand Pharmaceuticals. Okay. You know, you, if you can easily Google top 10 shorted stocks and see what's see what's going on with that. Uh, and peop, so, you know, this has made people pay attention to that. That's uh, So I think if anything changes, it's just the fact that, people, you know, the average investor um, may... You know, start looking at this stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Is it kind of like vultures when you're talking about top 10 shorted stocks? Are these like the, the people are betting against them, not necessarily to make money, but because they think they're on the way out. I'm trying to see some good in this.
1: Well, it's both. They they think
0: they're they going the well, to go down and they want to make that money. Obviously, <laughs> money. but I mean, is it, you know, is it because they see the company is naturally folding? Or is it like they're well? To- not necessarily folding.
1: Just the stocks are going to go down. Doesn't have to go down to zero. You okay. know, just has to go down. All
0: right, all right. So what? I think
1: it's very, very likely that there could be highly shorted stocks for companies that um, are not necessarily going to disappear, but for one reason or another are just going to have a little downturn. Mm. It could be seasonal. It could be for you know something for a few years. Um, you know, you know. You never know. Sometimes these companies bounce back and innovate something. Um, I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but you know, some companies bounce back from things, and, and some don't.
0: Yeah, I wonder how Segway's doing. <laughs> uh, Segway,
1: what a! It's, really, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, in the automotive world which companies are adopting electric and which yeah. ones aren't. You know, it's like. Oh, you're not, not interested in electric. You know, ever heard of Kodak.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got into tax. I used to be in photo finishing and I got into tax because, because um, photo finishing just dried up overnight, like 2000. Yeah. You know, 2000, 2001.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Film just went bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. It was all about those little, you know, fucking cards now that, I mean, you know, that's, I find that to be fascinating. You know, just this idea that there's an entire thing that we no longer need anymore. We just, that's gone. The industry has gone.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would process, I've managed a lab that would process a hundred, 200 rolls of film a day. And we went to like 10. Jesus.
0: I can't remember the last time I got anything developed. Honest to God. Right. I mean, I used to, my, my big thing was to get those disposable black and white cameras that Kodak made. I love those. Because you could just take a bunch of shitty pictures with it, and then they develop it, and it doesn't matter. It would at least be a piece of abstract art, if nothing else. Um, but, yeah, there's no focus on it. It was really, you know, it's nothing. <laughs> it was just The like fun a, savers, right? Yeah, yeah. It had a little wristband, you know, <laughs> fucking tassel on it. Oh, Jesus, I don't know. But I think, you know, GameStop might have a chance. Like, I don't know. I'm, I keep thinking about what is, you know, kind of the swan song of a company. How does it end? Like, say a company does go out of business because, it, it, you know, GameStop's going to have to pivot to something digital. They're going to have to be like a digital store. And then they're going to have competition with Steam and GOG and, you know, everybody, everybody that's running like Epic Games and stuff. They're all running these like fucking game services like digitally.
1: Yeah, I think the problem for GameStop is that these, uh, you know, you buy direct from Sony mm-hmm. now, right? Like I have a PlayStation. I don't buy that many games, but I download them. Uh, I, 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 da- I don't buy a disc. I download them yeah. uh, directly from the PlayStation store. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's no, we're, there's no room for GameStop to have a part in that that I can see.
0: No. Um, so I, I think that's
1: I, the biggest danger and that's why a lot of a lot of industries you know are still clinging to old models just because like take guitars for example that's something I kind of follow and you're just now starting to see the big manufacturers like fender and Gibson uh, kind of flirt with selling direct to customers but they're the, what I've seen so far is they're doing it at like list price which is like the kind of the maximum price. They let any dealer charge so that they're not undercutting their dealer network. Right. Right. So, you know, you still have these old business models that you can look at them and and wonder like, why is that still around? Like, why can't Fender just ship guitars directly to every customer in the U S instead of sending to these music stores. But, you know, then you have to dig deeper and see, well, these music stores must be offering something, you know, they must be providing some kind of value in that network. So what kind of value does GameStop
0: Yeah, it's not. It's not a fucking hangout. It's
1: It's not a hangout.
0: It's like a. It's the place because, like a music store, you can hang out. You're gonna. You're gonna sling a couple of you know guitars over your shoulder, try them out. You know, noodle a bit, maybe play some stairway. But like GameStop, you're you're trying to get out of there because the smell of like decaying window plastic and just (laughs) an unvacuumed floor is just it gets to you after a minute. And you know what? Frankly, they've really banked on them fucking Funko pops. Uh, the, the figures, man, because you you walk in and it's a wall of them, you know, and it's they make too many of those things for characters that like are so niche. It's like, how many of those did you produce and what, why, you know? Right. And I don't go there for that either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like comic book shops still exist because, you know, there's still graphic novels coming out. There's still gaming. There's still role-playing tabletop stuff that you can like fold all that stuff in together because, you know, we lived through the eighties and shit like we, we we knew that that was nerd stuff and if you put all the nerd stuff in one building you'd get me to hang out there you know and that's not GameStop isn't that place you know and yeah
1: when p when psvr was coming out about three or four four years ago i guess yeah um oh, right i went to a GameStop because sony was doing a demonstration of it oh right on. so that's the only thing i can think of um i'm not really an avid gamer so i don't know that world too well but that's the only thing i can think of where like you said it's not a hangout like it kind of was that day but i don't i can't imagine they have too much stuff like that
0: no i would they used to have midnight releases you know like the day a game came out you'd line up outside the shop and then you'd show up with your receipt and then boom they'd give you your shit but like that was usually just kind of like freezing your ass off outside Mm -hmm. or like sweating your ass off outside for a few hours before they let you in. Even while the store was open, okay? They were closing up at like 10 and you'd be there at nine for some reason. It was just dumb. You know, and it was, again, not a hangout because ain't nobody fucking going in there, handing over their receipt, getting their game, walking out and being like, hey guys, let's go, you know, get a sandwich. No, you're going to go home and fucking play Grand Theft Auto 4. That's what's going to happen. It's just to use a personal example. Yeah, I wasn't like, "Oh yeah, hey guys, let's hang out." No, I fucking it's midnight. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna do the the thing with the game. So I, yeah, I mean that's a pro- well, you know, I miss arcades. Then as long you know what, fuck it, we're on a tangent now. Um, you know, arcades could have been like the ultimate hangout, but it was always that place that your parents would be like, "Nah, it's kind of sketchy," you know, right? Like things happen there. You don't want to go there, and you know they were usually extremely poorly you know, supervised. The guy was usually just sitting in the back getting high. You know, he was never coming out.
1: That guy emptying the quarters out of the machines don't look right.
0: No, no. <laughs> I can't tell if he's putting those coins into a bag or a flap of skin. It's just weird. <laughs> you know, there's just so many things. You know, they bring them. There's barcades now, but like, I, I'm i not fucking with that. <clears throat> That's
1: interesting. You know, at one point I was actually thinking of putting on um, an event that was part concert and part um, video games, and bringing some consoles. And it was when VR was coming out, and I could imagine somebody being a VR tender.
0: Uh. That's free. You can you can use that. There is a game that does that. Really. I think it's out. I don't know if it's on uh, the PlayStation, but it might be. Cause I, I know there's a virtual bartending game. Yeah. But
1: no, I was, no, I was really imagining somebody to, to like operate the consoles and, you know, kind of manage the people taking turns, playing the games, show them how the helmet works, make sure they don't, you know, crash into somebody, fucking um, fall. things like that. So I'm really serious. I can imagine this being a thing, a VR tender, where you, instead of slinging
0: drinks, you're, you're helping people play the games. Yeah, you know, there's another thing too, though, with this, they're talking, I know there's a couple of services, uh, where you can do kind of a virtual hangout and watch a movie together so you can get all your friends to sit in a, you know, kind of like a drive-in theater, but the, the camera, the helmet itself, the goggles would project a giant, you know, movie screen, Mm -hmm. something larger than you'd ever be able to like practically, you know, hang in your house. And I like that idea because I don't like going to movie theaters and I haven't in a long time. Same. You know, I, yes, I saw Mad Max Fury Road, like, fucking 15 times. But, like, you, you, that's what you do with that movie, like, I guess. I don't know. It, it was just, I love that movie. The,
1: the last movie, I think the last movie I saw in a theater was The Disaster Artist. Oh, right on. And it that's- was, like, a Sunday morning at 10 or 11 o'clock. And there was actually a lot of people, I think, just because that was so people were so interested in that it was hyped or something, but yeah, was um, pretty good. before that, I can't remember the last movie I saw in the theater.
0: I think, I think the last movie we saw in a the theater was Midsummer, on our anniversary. Not, not, not great. Not, not, <laughs> not, not a good one. I have not seen it and oh, I, it's awesome. I, I don't need to. Yeah. It's a slow burn, but ooh, boy, it gets there. Um, <laughs> There's a couple good gasps, not even there's no, like, you know, the one thing I like about that director is uh, no jump scares. You know, it's, it's all out there in front of you. And it's just suddenly the thing moves a little bit and you're like, God damn it. You know, like he's very, very good at that building tension as well. Uh, Midsummer's is awesome. It's, it's visually pleasing to watch. Um, the, one of the brightest, uh, I wouldn't call it horror. It's kind of horror. I don't know. We could have a whole convo on that. Um, yeah. So I don't have any more questions, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? You want to promote anything? You got a, you got a stick out there in the world. Nah. Right on. Perfect. <laughs> 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 Love it. Oh man. All right. Well, thank you very much. Clank. It was, it was a, it was very insightful and uh the pleasure is all on this side of the table coin ops ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times good times well thank you uh listeners for let me try that again here let me let me put a footnote i'm gonna edit that out Thirty-seven eighteen. i think you should definitely leave that in <laughs> Maybe I will. Who knows? But anyway, regardless whether I left that uh, last bit in or not. And now that because I said that, I guess I did. Thank you for listening. And um, now we're on Twitter. So if you want to look up the Low Life podcast on Twitter, um, I have a single post up. So cool. You know, let's get some followers, get some feedback. I figure I'd, I'd rather do that than a forum or setting up a separate website or anything. Do um, you have any questions, suggestions, anything? Just hit me up on the Twitter. I uh, will, uh, you know, get to it as I can. Y'all, take care. Have a good one and be well. I'm watching the <laughs> Double, how high, like